Hey, this is Chance Dorland, and you can come meet me, Robert Kohler, Colin Marshall, and Travis Hull on Saturday, June 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Seoul Global Cultural Center in Myeongdong. We're having a live podcast event hosted by the Soul Book and Culture Club. So um, we're going to talk about some of the things we talk about on the podcast that we do here for Korea FM. We're also going to take questions and comments from the audience. So we'd love to see you on Saturday, June 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can find more information on Facebook.com slash Korea FM or visit us at KoreaFM.net. I'm Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you each week, or whatever we decide to actually end up recording, by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As always, I'm joined by Travis Hole, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group, but today we also have a special guest, former Seoul resident, now living in Washington, D.C., Daniel Lee. But Travis, first off, you know, I was worried you wouldn't make the show because I think you went out last night. I was worried you'd be like sleeping in a ditch, but we've actually been waiting the last half an hour to record because two separate computers have gone down today, and we're now speaking with you on your phone. Yeah, and the audio quality might not be the best. Well, it is what it is. We're happy to have you here. But uh, enough with Travis. Disappointing Travis. Daniel, great to have you uh, not only here on the podcast, but you're sacrificing your Saturday night in, you know, D.C., one of the greatest cities in the United States, to talk with us. So a big thank you to you. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I I need to save some cash anyway, so might as well stay in today. That's right. D.C. is a very expensive city. So uh, that, that's, a, that's a very decent point. <laughs> Maybe I'll retract that. Thank you. You should be thanking me. But no, the reason we're talking uh, with both Travis and Dan today is that apparently um, I was not involved in most of this, but I, I've heard about it. Apparently, the only in Korea Facebook groups um, basically complaining and discussion of an Arirang video has had some real world consequences. Um, let me explain the story a little bit. The Busan Haps. They write that a post on Facebook by the nation's English TV network, Arirang TV, went viral in a bad way um, because of some terrible English translations during a promotional video of Busan. Um, The video is just over two minutes. It's called Aerial Korea. It's part of, uh, I believe, many Aerial Korea uh, videos. This one specifically about Busan. It was supposed to show a bird's eye view of the city. But the problem is that the English voiceover in the video, um, really bad, really Really, really bad. Um, and the video uh, also includes an Imagine Your Korea logo. Um, so it wasn't, you know, just something that they were doing. It was, you know, tied into to tourism and all these things. But it has since been, I believe, not deleted, but they've made the link on YouTube a private link. So you can't actually access it anymore. But up to that point, before they did that, it had been viewed about 28,000 times. Uh, so Dan and Travis, uh, we'll be discussing this in a moment. But Despite the fact that that video was put into uh, private mode, um, someone, God bless this person, um, I believe downloaded the video from YouTube and then re-uploaded it to a different YouTube um, account. So I'm going to play now some audio from this very interesting aerial Korea, imagine your Korea video of Busan. Busan metropolitan city is Korea's second city and in the southeast, a port city in the first. About facing across the Straits of Korea and Japan, 
it is the center of overseas trade. Guang Andegyo Bridge in the east. There are Sentum, which are skyscraper. Sentum City is in the ocean in the background. Feels the high-tech city of the future atmosphere. Busan International Film Festival has a history of 20 years. More than 300 films being screened side by 10 days. More than 20 million people are enjoyed the film festival. There are Yongbusan Park in Busan, Busan Tower overlooking the harbor at a glance. Foreign tourists are also always looking for places to enjoy the beautiful Busan port. So Travis and Dan, it's、uh, time for you guys to take over a little bit and explain about、uh, how this Oink Only in Korea Facebook group got involved with this video. I believe it all started with Oink. Yeah, I'll let Dan kind of explain because he actually originally posted the the video. So if he wants to kind of just give us an explanation of it, that would be fine. Yeah, sure. So、um, I do have、uh, Arirang TV updates that usually pop up、uh, on my Facebook page,、uh, but in this particular、um, uh, incident, I think、uh, what happened was、uh, one of our、uh, Facebook friends or one of my Facebook friends、uh, happened to have、uh, uploaded. Uh, the video、uh, on his wall, and、uh, I happened to see it.、Uh, I just took, you know, a, a brief, maybe ten or fifteen seconds look into the video,、um, and realizing how grammatically atrocious it turned out to be.、Um, and also, you know, I have been also a voice actor myself, so、um, you know, you can tell if a script has been, you know, detailed well enough or not. And, and in this case,、um, although I commend the the voice of the voice actor. Um, who did a fantastic job?、Uh, it was just the grammar,、uh, which she was just reading off of a、uh, just a poorly written Konglish script,、um, you know, that was there, and which I immediately found out, and which I shared with the Oink group. And then once you shared it in the Oink group, I'm sure this thing spread like wildfire.、Um, I'm sure there are lots of comments to be had. So, what were the things that people were saying, Dan and Travis? It sounded like I mean, people were just kind of mocking Arirang for for the way they, you know, the the, the way they handled this. Some person made the claim that you know they are still as shit as ever. So they kind of have a reputation already of you know making poorly worded videos、um, and just being you know generally poorly worded in their broadcast. Now, Dan, you've you've done some work for Arirang. So what are your impressions of this? Do you think that's fair? Is Arirang not known for high quality video broadcasting radio? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on like the department. I would say, uh, um, obviously, uh, you know, they're not、uh, this particular department. Definitely, I I saw some you know deficiencies in in terms of、um, the quality because you know the, the way they run、uh, these types of documentaries、uh, is that they outsource them to third party companies, right? So、uh, once they do so. Um, these companies will just get a certain sum of lump money from Adirang,、uh, which、uh, in this case it didn't seem like it was a lot because、uh, they didn't invest much into the editing editing process. Yeah, <laughs> even the lump sum of money they used here wasn't that big. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think so. But、uh, it, but usually the news、uh, portions and some of the live broadcasts are、uh, they, they you know pour in more resources、uh, from what I've seen. And you know it doesn't always turn out perfectly,、um, obviously. But、uh, in terms of comparing that with the documentaries, you know, segment that we just saw,、um, yeah, I mean, there there is a, a bit of a, a contrast in, in terms of quality. But overall, I, I think Adirang just has a reputation of being you know disorganized, 
you know, not uh, being like uh, intact uh, in terms of grammar um, and just, just having just a, a, a little bit of uh, not so professionalism in terms of their journalistic uh, abilities. My impression of watching Arirang TV or listening to Arirang Radio um, is really, it, it just sounds and looks like a college a news station. Um, it looks like people don't have that much experience where they don't have like a lot of, um, uh, what, what would you call it? Like, you know, when you watch like someone on like, ooh, it's the channel's 12 news at 10, you know, and it, they're just a lot of confidence in the people that you see and the people that you hear. I don't see that. I don't hear that in Arirang. And then to be fair, I don't see and I don't hear that from a lot of the English broadcasting here in South Korea. But I think it's obvious that Arirang is near the bottom, if not at the bottom itself. Um, so, so Dan and uh, Travis, what we usually do here on the program uh, every time we record is we have a poll from the Only in Korea Facebook group. We did that this week as well. Travis, why don't you uh, introduce the question that we asked people? Okay, so this this week we kind of asked people, you know, what they thought of the video or to give an impression of the video um, or the series, because it was actually a series. Unfortunately, again, since they pulled them, we only had the Busan episode. But I think on their website you can still access some of them. I don't think they pulled them all, all from their website, so they are still available. But we asked kind of people um, their thought on this, the thoughts on their series. Um, and, you know, the first, you know, most popular option there was that the series is very typical of the work that Ariran produces, uh, the second most popular was the the announcer just doesn't give a fuck anymore, which could be true. I mean, it sounded like it was a native speaker speaking, and he just was reading it, you know, verbatim, um, without any care for quality. But that might not, you know, be on him. It might just be what his boss has told him to do too. Um, the third most popular option was uh, it says this is what happens when people are hired based on their visa rather than their media experience and English ability, and that is. Exactly. Exactly. That was the one that I submitted in there. I got in there a little bit late because you put up the poll, but this one climbed really nicely. And this this is my answer. I think this is it. That that does happen a lot in Korea. You know, the company I work for, which I won't name here on the podcast, they hire a lot of Koreans who've lived abroad for a while, but they're not necessarily native speakers, although they might sound like it like on first appearances. Um, that they could be, but once you kind of have detailed conversations with them, you kind of realize that they're actually not native English speakers, even though they have the accent. Um, so yeah, and they're, you know, they're easy to hire because they're Koreans. Um, so that's, that is part of it. Probably. Now let's break down some of these, uh, answers and, and get Dan's, um, Dan's uh, point of view, since he has done work for Arirang and some other um, media entities here in Korea. So uh, we, we kind of already addressed this first one where it says this video, this series is typical of the work Arirang produces. Dan, you kind of nuanced that a little bit and you said, you know, it might depend on which division, you know, who you're working with in um, the specific uh, team that's working on a specific project or if they send it out to a third party, as you mentioned. But can you kind of just explain what you've experienced generally working with Arirang and other broadcasting media companies here in South Korea? Um, what is it like? Are you working mostly with Koreans? Are you working mostly with native English speakers? Are you working with a mix of the two? Could you kind of lay it out for someone who might not be familiar with the industry? Uh, well, uh, the thing about working there is that uh, there is a dichotomy uh, between the languages that we'll be using because uh, obviously your higher-ups, which include your supervisors uh, as well as the producers, uh, they're all mainly Korean-based speakers. Uh, and because of that, um, 
uh, obviously in order to communicate with them uh, using fluent English uh, won't always uh, get through sometimes. Uh, things might get lost in translation. And that's uh, one reason that might you know, cause a bit of frustration uh, while working there. Yeah. But so something like this where obvious mistakes that any native speaker would probably be able to spot at least one of the multiple mistakes that are in this video. Um, how does something like this happen? Is it that the higher ups who have complete control over a project, do they not even have someone go through and say that, yes, this is good? Do they just trust the, the middle level workers who either are afraid to say, oh, there's something wrong with this video and we have to do it again? Or do they not have the English skills to be able to tell that something's wrong with the video? How might something like this happen? Well, to tell you honestly, because I have done uh, other documentaries in a similar fashion to what we saw with the uh, aerial video, um, uh, what happens is that Arirang will allocate a certain amount of budget to a third-party company, and that documentary company will be in charge within that uh, to create uh, this full-length documentary. Uh, now, the problem that uh, I see happens is that um, there is also a limitation in terms of your time as well as the budget. Uh, and so that will cut into um, the quality, obviously, of how well. But then someone at Adidang doesn't say, you guys did a really poor job. You have to do this again. We're not going to put it out because this is just obviously bad quality. This will make us look bad. This is not what we paid for. Because that's what would happen in any other country. I don't understand how this happens here. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, yes, that's, that's what would normally happen. Um, so uh, in my case, you know, when I was doing these documentaries and doing voiceovers for them, um, I actually had to step in and say, no, th these translations are wrong. And if, you know, if this is going to go out and Arirang under my name, um, this is unacceptable. So I actually made impromptu changes, at, uh, you know, during uh, the voiceover um, uh, process. However, uh, in this case, I, I can definitely see that the supervisors, because, you know, they're you know, Korean speakers, uh, as long as maybe to them, if it sounds uh, native enough, uh, you know, maybe there's not a, a comprehensive process of editing uh, uh, it uh, in full as it should as it should be. So uh, that's uh, that coupled with the budgetary and time time issues. Uh, being outsourced to a third-party company uh, are the only reasons that I can find uh, at this point. And so you just mentioned if you were doing something like this, you would say, okay, like, you know, people are going to be able to tell it's me. I'm going to make sure that it doesn't sound absolutely horrible. Uh, how should we view the announcer in this situation? Um, how much responsibility or does this person who did the voiceover have any responsibility for this? Is it okay for them just to say, I'm getting paid, I'm going to read the script? Or should they have you know, some desire to make sure that it doesn't sound absolutely horrible? This sounds really bad. Yeah, in my case, um, you know, I obviously did them a favor by uh, making the voiceover sound uh, grammatically correct uh, and more native. However, in this case, I, I'm just thinking that the uh, the voiceover artist, uh, whoever he happened to be, um, you know, just uh, you know, pretty much gave up on that aspect because he's not getting paid any more to uh, edit in-house, you know, under under the time that's been allocated to him, uh, and so I don't think he found any reason to um, you know provide any more services other than just the voiceover because the script that was given to him was already so bad.
And then finally, the, the third most popular response here on this poll, which, as I said, was the one that I wrote. Um, I want to ask you about this, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but since you're in a different position than someone like myself, let's try to see what we both think about this. So the third response was, this is what happens when people are hired based on their visa rather than media experience and English ability. Um, I work here in South Korea, and I work with a lot of people. Um, some people are more capable than others, but a lot of the people that I work with don't have a lot or don't have any media experience either in Korea. This is the first time they've been involved with something media wise, or they have a little bit of media experience, but it's only been here in Korea. Um, even if they're a native English speaker in their home country, maybe they had no training. They had no background in it. You know, maybe it's a, a, a Korean worker who, like I said, completely competent, a good worker, but just doesn't have the background, doesn't have the knowledge or the training. So I have studied broadcasting in college. I've worked in broadcasting on and off for the last 10 years or more. So Dan, you are smarter than probably I'll ever be. You have a PhD. You are a professor. You were a professor here in South Korea before you recently moved to the United States. But despite the fact that you've worked a lot in the media here in South Korea, you've never like had a degree in media studies or had an experience outside of Korean media, correct? But yet you were still able to get all of these jobs here in South Korea. Yeah, that is correct. Um, I think uh, one of the advantages that I had was uh, obviously I got into the media industry uh, in Korea. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the English uh, uh, media industry in Korea uh, in its uh, nascency. So uh, back in 2008 was my first exposure to uh, Arirang and I started with the radio department. And back then the job market was pretty plentiful and, and bountiful. So uh, you could just get picked up pretty easily. Uh, I just walked in uh, for an interview one day um, and they hired me just like right on the spot. So I was going live on air the second day after I got my interview there. No, no training, you know, no like real like overview. Uh, they were just like, okay, you have the voice, you speak English well enough. And you're, you're, you're an American citizen, but you're ethnically Korean. So you had uh, a visa because of your uh, Korean heritage, your ethnicity. Yes, that's, that is correct. Because uh, Korean Americans or anyone with a Korean uh, sort of ethnic background are qualified to get these uh, F4 visas. So the, the people that I worked with there, obviously, uh, many of them, uh, if they were Kyopos, uh, happened to have this uh, F4 visa. Uh-huh. And so you said that was back, um, you know, kind of in the beginning, and, and that's true. Like, uh, you know, previously, like, you know, eight, ten years ago, I'm sure it was even easier to get a job um, in English media in South Korea with no experience just because you have a visa. But it's still easy. I see that all the time here now. Maybe not as easy as it was, sure. Yeah, it's definitely uh, gotten more competitive uh, due to, I think, just the rapid uh, urbanization of South Korea with the influx of more population growth and more foreigners. Um, however, uh, yes, you're, you're very absolutely correct. I think you don't have to have prior uh, journalism background, journalism experience uh, to get or land these jobs. Um, and, but if you just have a good voice, uh, your English is good enough um, because the supervisors are, are probably not going to be native speakers anyways. Uh, they'll pretty much hire you uh, just depending on those qualities. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, you know, my opinion, I don't even think you need to have a good voice, and I don't even think you need to really be that near-level native speaker. You know, if you listen to Arirang, if you listen to some of the other broadcasting here in South Korea, um, and, and to be fair, it's not just Arirang. It is these other broadcasters as well. I, I really think it just boils down to your visa. Um, Travis, we haven't heard from you in a while. Um, you're someone who is not ethnically Korean, but you've been here, you know, so long. You have an, an F visa as well. Um, what's your perspective uh, on this? Um, Um, Do you see this in the English teaching industry as well, where maybe people are getting hired even if they're not trained as teachers or if they are not actually, you know, native speakers, but, um, you know, maybe they're close enough that someone might not be able to tell or maybe someone doesn't care if they're not native speakers because they're just trying to hire someone for um, a project that they're in charge of and they just need to find a body. Yeah, you see it. You see it both in media and in in English education. Here, you, you're basically they're looking to fill those slots, and um, they're pretty much willing to hire anyone who speci- specifically has a visa. That's the most important thing. A lot of times, because they don't want to go through the process of you know applying for someone to get a visa and having them to do all the paperwork related with that. So it's just a lot of times easier for them to hire someone with an F visa, um, whether or not they're qualified or not. You, you see it in radio too. Um, I'm not going to name the radio station, but um, I had an interview with a radio station here in Korea, and the, the most you know impressing thing at the interview was that they wanted to look at my visa status. Um, and from what I've heard, you know, there's people who get into radio here all the time. They have no experience in radio, but since they have F visas, they're willingly you know hired on by these companies um, just to fill those slots. And so now that this has happened, this is actually a little bit of a kind of like an old news item. This happened, um, I believe, a, a, a few weeks ago. Um, and then, you know, we wanted to have Dan be part of the discussion. Um, and so, you know, we pushed it back a little bit. And so once again, you know, Dan, thank you for speaking with us. But wh- where do we see this going forward? You know, it wasn't so long ago that the Korea Times published an article that was like Chicago Bears win Stanley Cup. Um, and then that made like ESPN that get covered all around the world because obviously the Chicago Bears are not playing hockey. Um, and then also there's been just, you know, countless other things uh, uh, also at the Korea Times or just other media entities here in South Korea. Is it going to come to a point where just enough of this happens that they start to kind of change the way they hire or change some of these third party companies that they're working with for, as you mentioned, Dan, for, for maybe for videos like this documentary videos or Is it just kind of the nature of the beast? I mean, we're in South Korea, and I love living in South Korea, so I'm not trying to just, you know, kick Korea in the crotch this entire show. Um, I understand English is not the language that is used here on a daily basis in most situations. So is this just kind of the way it is going to be when you have so much English attention in a country that most people can't speak English? And even if they can speak English, they're not at native level. I, I have some hope now. I mean, based on Ari Rong's reaction to this, obviously there was an Ari Rong person who works at Ari Rong in Oink who observed this situation and was, you know, willing to pull the video um, after the criticism. So, you know, I, I think there are becoming uh, Korean media outlets are becoming more sensitive to the fact that um, you know people are observing what they're doing, especially a company like Ari Rong who's supposed to be broadcasting Korea to the world. They're they're becoming more cognizant of the fact that people are actually paying attention. Um, so I, you know, I do do feel like there's some hope there. Um, I don't know if it'll change quickly, but it seems like they are willing to change. Dan, what do you think? Obviously, you're not here in South Korea anymore, but you have years of experience working with large companies here in Korea. Might something change? Yeah, I think it's not just an Arirang issue. This is definitely an all across the board issue uh, in Korea. 
Um, and, uh, you know, as long as the higher ups, um, they don't decide to change their ways, then the problem will persist. But uh, the fact that uh, um, Arirang uh, was able to take actions to take down that video uh, was pretty unprecedented, you know, so uh, that might be a sign of change. That might be a sign of, you know, people are actually um, observant of, of what we're making and they are critical of the, the type of quality uh, that is being put out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that that will lead to more improvements, especially as Korea, you know, itself becomes more internationalized. Well, I think that'll uh, do it for this discussion. Once again, thank you so much uh, to Daniel Lee for calling in from uh, Washington, D.C. Um, it's great to have your perspective. And um, yeah, man, it's nice to talk with you. Best of luck um, with your new adventures in the Capitol. Thank you. And then, uh, Travis, you know, great to have you on the show as well. But I really, I think I got to uh, eventually here give a thanks to your girlfriend. Um, I'm going to edit all the shenanigans out of this podcast. Uh, but we've had to go from two different computers you were using to your phone. And now you're finishing on your girlfriend's computer. And you sound wonderful. So God bless your girlfriend. I used three computers today to do this. Um, three computers and a cell phone to get through this episode. So it's been a tech technically challenging episode to record here. You know, I'm not going to say that Arirang knew that we were going to do this episode, but, you know, I don't know. Three computers, maybe someone's hacking your computers right now, man. Maybe made some enemies with all those posts and oink. I think Skype, Skype is, Skype's a bit unreliable sometimes. I think Skype's a bit unreliable. All right, we'll blame Skype. That's fine. That's not a Korean company. We can blame Skype. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thanks a lot to both of you guys. And, uh, yeah, good discussion. And, Dan, hope to have you again uh, in the future sometime down the road. Best of luck to you gentlemen over the next couple weeks. Thank you.